Hello, my Pilates lovers. Thank you for tuning in to All Things Pilates. I'm your host, Darian Gold. Each episode, you'll get to hear a new guest share his or her knowledge, insights, and experiences. Together, we explore the ongoing evolution of the Pilates method, as well as its connection to other modalities, such as gyrotonic, yoga, podiatry, and chiropractic. I now present to you the many aspects of this beautiful, complex, and life-affirming discipline. I bring you greetings from the UK, my first time there, and where I spent the last week teaching classical Pilates to both classical and contemporary teachers. I'd like to thank my lovely hosts, the Dent family, Alex, Paige, Connor, James, and Coco the dog with her endless energy. By the way, Alex Dent, who is an osteomyologist, will be my guest May 20th, and we'll be discussing the epidemic, I think it's an epidemic, of what's referred to as forward head posture. Basically affects most people today especially those of us who sit a lot or who are avid phone and tablet users. Alex will explain why he believes practicing Pilates is imperative to combating the gravitational forward pull of our bodies. The first seven, my basic Pilates mat DVD, also made its England debut and is our topic for today. I conceived the first seven in 2010 as a way to help beginning students understand the Pilates technique. I created the DVD and called it the first seven because those were the first mat exercises that I learned from Romana Krasnowska. Her simple but effective approach into the mat repertoire through teaching seven basic exercises for me, was extremely helpful. But this was in the mid-1990s, and there was no type of social media yet. Those of us who learned from her during this particular time frame found that we just had to keep practicing and practicing to find the exact feeling of each exercise that she had been explaining to us. The seven exercises fit well with my training both as a dancer and gymnast. I could sink my technical teeth into each of the seven exercises and concluded that everyone who came to work with me would indeed learn these exercises first. Even before I thought about creating or producing DVDs, and this one in particular, I was giving these seven Pilates moves for homework to new students regularly. I could tell that those who practiced at home, I could see when they came back into the studio because they started to develop the Pilates technique simply on those seven exercises. I saw that it truly helped them understand how to find their center and how to explore each exercise to get the most out of each. For those who did not get the opportunity to learn the seven from Romana, they are 100, roll up, leg circles, rolling like a ball, single leg pull, 
double leg pull, and spine stretch forward. So let's take each of the seven exercises and I'll talk you through some of the variations and we'll see what resonates with you and what doesn't. I mean, it's different approaches based on different abilities. So remember that we can make a very basic exercise quite advanced if you know what you are working towards and working with inside the body. The first seven, 100 is the very first exercise. I believe it is his signature exercise. It's designed to ignite the entire body, challenging the heart and lungs. And those who have not practiced 100 yet, there are 10 breath cycles. We have breathing in for five counts and then breathing out for five counts. And when you first start, I've had a number of students who come to me who have all kinds of challenges and I don't have their head lifted, I don't have their legs lifted. Basically, I have them lie down and we just work on the breath pattern. And that is a very simple homework that one can do, breathing in through the nose for five counts and then out through the nose or mouth, whichever is possible for you, for five counts. The breathing pattern itself is very important to learn first before you add the arms, which you will be pumping 100 times. I remember one of the workshops that I took from Romana. She didn't give us any warning. We just started our advanced mat. And at 50, the next thing she said was, breathe in for four, out for six. And so we just followed her lead. We inhaled for four and exhaled for six. Then we inhaled for three and exhaled for seven. We inhaled for two and exhaled for eight. And then, by golly, we breathed into one because our lungs were ready. And then we exhaled for nine full counts. This really helps to develop greater lung capacity. But, of course, you don't give that to a beginner. So what I'm saying as I go through the list of the first seven, even though they seem like they are the basic exercises, you can definitely challenge someone. In my estimation, what prepares the body, not only for the rest of the mat, but for the rest of the Pilates system? If you see someone even at a gym and they're pumping away, you know that they've had at least one Pilates class or they've seen it online. The second exercise of the first seven is roll up. Roll up is the first forward flexing exercise, and it is definitely about articulating the spine. When someone is ready to have their legs straight and the body is lifting up and over, you want to imagine that your upper body is going up and over a large ball. For this technique, especially in the beginning and you're still warming up the inside of the body, you don't want to collapse on the legs. I wouldn't call that very good Pilates technique. When you do a full roll-up from lying down and you roll articulating the spine all the way up and over, you do want to have a sense that you're constantly lifting because ultimately when we stand and when we walk through our life, we want a spine to be lifted our waist to be as tall as possible. But for a new student or for someone who needs modification, the knees would be bent and the feet flat. That would be a healthier place to start. We were taught 
if someone is very new and very weak, you do not start teaching them rolling up. You teach them rolling back down. What you look for is starting sitting up, you would roll down maybe a quarter of the way. At about half the way when the abdominal muscles have really started to kick in, if you see, for instance, the neck fall forward, you know that there is just no more strength to hold that position. And that's as far as you would go with that client. But their homework would be to roll down one inch and then another inch and then another inch until they start to feel more depth in the abdominal muscles. The roll-up also prepares the body for other forward flexion exercises, like rolling like a ball, that's number four, or teaser, or boomerang. Roll-up, essentially, besides 100, is, I think, one of the most important mat exercises that one can master, because it shows up completely in the entire system. The third exercise of the first seven is leg circles. This is the first exercise where you really bring your attention into stretching the hamstrings, the back of the leg. But sometimes people are so tight, they need a little help. For tight people, I would have the bottom leg, we call this the standing leg or supporting leg, bent, and then the foot of that bent leg, the knee flexed, that foot would press down into the mat. That would make it a little easier for the pelvis to drop down. Usually if there is some tightness in the back and the hamstrings, pelvis has a really hard time staying level and neutral. Then when the leg is straight up towards the ceiling or towards the sky, sometimes you need to put a strap around the foot because the leg is so tight, it's very hard to articulate inside the hip joint if the quads or the hamstrings just are too bound up you put a strap around the foot, it just helps to take some of the weight off a leg that probably feels pretty heavy because there hasn't been enough attention or work on lengthening out of the hips. Rolling like a ball is number four of the seven exercises. This is the first balance and control exercise that one learns. It shows up this position, the ball position does show up throughout the system on other pieces of apparatus. So learning on the mat is critical to then taking that position onto the equipment. Rolling like a ball is designed to massage the spine. And like I said about roll-up, it does prepare for other rolling exercises like open leg rocker, crab, boomerang. However, if somebody has some sort of spine issue, if there's osteoporosis or something where the spine can't really be flexed, or their knees are not healthy, I would recommend putting the hands underneath the knees. So just like the strap that you used for your leg circle, the hands would provide some support and the weight of the legs could then be into the hands and the arms. Hands and arms do a little bit more work. Rolling like a ball also is a preparation on the Cadillac. Something advanced like the airplane or leg springs in the air where you have to then articulate the spine down. You're going to start to already have that sense in the body 
based on these simple mat exercises. The fifth exercise is single leg pull. I think this is one of the most important out of the seven because we don't hop around on two feet. We walk one foot in front of the other in front of the other. Teaching the leg to lift requires a certain amount of freedom in the hip joint. And so if you're lying down on your back right now or just in your mind and your legs are stretched straight out, pull one knee into your chest and you lengthen the supporting or the standing leg. You can have a sense at that moment one knee is flexed up into the chest, similar to roll like a ball, and then the other leg is stretching. But then if you could take that idea and that concept and then stand up and try it again, standing, your legs are straight, just like you were lying. Your spine is straight, just like you were pressing the spine into your mat. But then try to lift that knee up and pull the knee up into your chest. It becomes a whole different story because now you have to deal with gravity. And when you bring one knee up into your chest, that standing or supporting leg literally has to press down into the floor to help you find the balance of the moving leg, the working leg up into your chest. So again, in the beginning, we do not, gravity really isn't our friend. Anyone who told you that, they are very misguided. (laughs) So when you lie down and you pull one knee into your chest, try to feel what's happening in your abdominal muscles and how the abdominal muscles help to support the back. And that will translate eventually into your standing exercises, especially some of the exercises we do on the Wanda chair. Double leg pull. Now, double leg pull encapsulates the entire Pilates system. There is a sense of oppositional stretch. We find this opposing stretch, both directions, a two-way stretch, an action to a counteraction. In double leg stretch, it has the sense of moving away arms and legs. There is your inhale. You're stretching the body open and long. But your exhale is when you draw in and you flex the knees and you flex the hips and the spine flexes. You're pulled into that roll like a ball position. You have to empty all of the air as you take another breath in and you stretch the body out. As you exhale, it should be deeper in the body. By the time you've done six to eight reps, hopefully your lungs are more open for sure, and you have more space in your hips and your low back. It prepares you for more intermediate and advanced moves. It teaches coordination and breath control. All of these aspects and concepts are needed when you get onto the equipment because once you're on the equipment, you're dealing now with weight, with the springs. So you best have your coordination and your breath control already there. The seventh exercise is spine stretch forward. Ultimately, this is a breathing exercise, and it's the position that helps to prepare the body for much more difficult and advanced exercises, such as horseback, which is practiced on the ladder barrel, on the reformer, But then, of course, you could do it on the Wanda chair. You could practice on the Cadillac. Once you know the work and you have the work deep in your body, for the most part, you can take any exercise and do it on any apparatus. You just have to really understand how to work and where to work from. 
If someone is very tight in their hamstrings and or their back, sometimes they need a little bolster or something underneath their bottom because that will help take a little pressure off the low back, especially if the hamstrings are tight. When people come to me who are new, I like to teach this exercise at the wall because the wall is the most fabulous place to gain an understanding of feedback when we talk about feedback. I will have a client sit down, put their entire spine against the wall. The feet are separated, so they're outside of the shoulder line. And this would be the position for spine stretch forward, horseback, push through on the Cadillac. So you want to keep acclimating your body to this position. But if you don't ever stand against the wall or sit against the wall, you may not even know that you're not standing straight. I have someone first check in and press their spine into the wall and feel what's happening. Usually there's a forward motion because the chest is tight and they can't pull those shoulders back. There's a lot of challenges that happen with new people who are tight, or even not new people who are tight. Sitting at the wall with the legs separated, sitting up as tall as you can, and then taking a breath in and notice when you breathe. Do you feel like your rib cage sort of presses into the wall more? We're trying to find more width in the breath. And when we exhale, we are moving forward. We are taking the spine forward like roll up. You have this sense of rolling, of rolling down but up and over a gigantic ball so you aren't collapsing on the legs. It's a little different story when you are pressed up against the wall. You may not be able to go as far because you're keeping your hips stable and pressed back. Mr. Pilates taught the spine stretch forward with the hands down, and Ramana taught it with the arms forward. You could choose whichever one feels better in the shoulders, but you would take a breath in, and then as you exhale, you would roll down, trying to imagine one vertebra at a time off the wall. And then you go forward as far as you can without losing your connection in the low back. Now, you can turn this around and have your feet at the wall. This is a little bit more advanced because now you don't have the wall for your spine. And you have to keep lifting up straight. But you get the feedback from your feet into the wall. Sometimes I have students fold their arms out in front and do a slight twist in the waist to see if the feet leave the wall. That's another indication for you to understand if the hips need more length, both in front and in back. Now I'm going to test you. The first seven are 100, roll up, leg circles, roll like a ball, single leg pull, double leg pull, and spine stretch forward. One of the aspects of this DVD that I wanted to convey is that even though the first seven exercises are basic, like I was saying before, an advanced practitioner can get just as much out of them by adding a magic circle or adding ankle or wrist weights. Even just changing the breath and the arm positions can increase the difficulty, can easily make a seasoned student sweat and find deeper connections in the body. The very last class in the UK was a mat class. I took these seven exercises, and instead of just having 
the students experience the seven just with their own bodies, I had them use props for a variation. We had balls, blocks, and therabands. The balls and blocks provided different types of feedback for the sacrum. The therabands were used for the arms. There was time many more variations could have been tried. But I think for the amount of time that we did have, everyone got a lot out of the class. Most had not been exposed to this particular mat routine, or even if some of the students were not beginners, I could see that it was challenging for them as well. In one of the workshops also that I taught, I covered the advanced mat repertoire. Again, it seemed as if we were running out of time, I think because we were all so engaged and having lots of fun. They were probably chuckling at my accent, and I was absolutely chuckling at their accents. But I suggested fewer reps to get through the entire mat. To tell you the truth, sometimes when you are pressed for time, it's not a bad idea to mix things up and practice one repetition of each exercise. Whether you're practicing the intermediate or the advanced routines, if you just put everything you have into one rep and then move on, it's a different experience for sure, but you may find it more rewarding, a different kind of rewarding workout. Less reps, more intensity, and a stronger intention for each exercise. In the apparatus workshop, for teachers, we only had three hours. Where did the time go, actually? There wasn't time to break down the entire intermediate reformer. We just covered a few of the exercises and moved on. However, because I did teach on a contemporary reformer design, I did find it challenging to explain about the role of the springs, how to bring the carriage home or back in, not to mention because the foot bar on a contemporary reformer is designed to lock. Any of the classical transitions wouldn't have made any sense. So instead, I focused on body mechanics for every exercise and did my best to give individual cues that would be useful for every student I worked with. But for those listening who are practicing on a contemporary reformer, you may not get to experience what it's like to use the transitions that are built into the classical repertoire. But if you did try it, it just might take your practice to another level when adhering to a specific order because there is a focus that may not be asked of you otherwise. But on the other hand, this apparatus workshop was held in a studio that had a contemporary version of the electric chair. I've always heard people in the contemporary world call this apparatus as the high chair or the high-low chair. One thing that I really appreciated about this design was that there was no back, which meant for me as a former gymnast, more opportunity to move the body forward and backwards. Being in the moment with a student that had gymnastics background, I simply took two individual exercises that are practiced separately and was able to combine them to make one exercise. She had no trouble practicing it. It made sense to me and got me thinking about what it might be like to have a studio or a center where both classical and contemporary apparatus was there, the best of each. Wouldn't that be something? 
Perhaps then everyone would be happy and more exploration could be there for students to experience different approaches all under one roof. I took away a few things from my first trip to England. I found the English to be very warm and welcoming. They all were extremely polite and reserved in a nice way. It felt very grown up and mature. Not only did I not hear one F-bomb, I don't think I heard one swear word at all. All of my students were there to work and learn, and it was a pleasure to teach them. I also was introduced to single cream, which is like half and half, but 10 times thicker. It was divine. One day was devoted to sightseeing, and we explored a 15th century castle on what turned out to be the most gorgeous weather of the week. All in all, a very successful experience. Thank you, everyone, for making my and my mom's stay so very nice. And as always, my friends, when you continue to take time for yourself every day, when you do, I want you to lift your bits and bobs. For us here, I want you to lift your head, lift your spine, because they will lift your spirit. Have a great week, everyone. 